0: our association, to reach people around the world, and uh, to see you doing missions like you're doing is a very, very wonderful thing. Uh, I know you give to the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering. You support our missionaries all over the world, and uh, some of those are very close to me. My daughter is serving as one of your missionaries in Malaysia, and her husband and uh, my two grandchildren, and so I'm thankful that uh, you're helping take care of them as you give, as they spread the gospel in Malaysia uh, to Iranians and Afghans that are refugees from their own country. And uh, they're there sharing the gospel with them. So thank you for giving during the time of Christmas uh, through the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering. Y'all ever run, any of y'all like to run, anybody runners? I don't like to run for uh, races, but I like to run, play tennis and do things like that. But Georgine Johnson was a runner and she signed up to run in the Revco Cleveland 6.2-mile race. She got to the starting line about 15 minutes early and heard a gun go off, and so she started running. And she ran through the downtown part of Cleveland, and the race began to go into a track that she didn't wasn't familiar with, a, a part of the race, track and trail. And so she began to get the sick feeling that maybe she was in the wrong race, because you see the marathon, the 26.2-mile race, started 15 minutes before the 6.2-mile race. As she got that sick feeling inside that maybe she was in the wrong race, she saw another runner running just in front of her, and she ran up to that runner and looked at that runner, and, and probably that runner thought she was crazy because she said, what race am I in? And the other runner did look at her like, lazy, you must, lady, you must be crazy. And then he said to her, You're in the marathon. And Georgine said she started to cry because she had never run a marathon before. And then she saw another runner right in front of her that had on an old Nike t shirt. Do you remember Nike's theme? It's called what? Just do it. And so Georgine said to herself, she said, "Okay, I'm going to just do it." And she did. And she ran that entire marathon. She finished. And the next day, interviewers asked her, "Said, how do you feel about yourself?" And Georgine said, "I'm proud of myself. I didn't know I could do it, but I'm so thankful that I decided to just do it." This morning, I want to encourage you to just do it. Sometimes in life, the Lord puts out in front of us an idea or a vision or something that we can do for Him, and many times we're flooded with that self-doubt that says there's no way I can do that. But today I want to show you in Scripture a passage where the Lord showed His people that they could certainly do it. And whatever it is out there in front of you, maybe it's a vision to to make an impact for Christ in some way in your community. Maybe it's to go on a mission trip for the very first time. Maybe it's to share your faith with a neighbor who doesn't know the Lord. I want to encourage you this morning to have the courage, to have the guts, to have the ability to just do it. We see in the Old Testament book of Numbers, Numbers 13, And Numbers chapter 13 and Numbers chapter 14, a wonderful story of God's people who were encouraged to just do it. The children of Israel had been led through the wilderness, and they were on the threshold of receiving everything the Lord had promised for them. All they needed to do was to go out and take possession of the land. And in Numbers chapter 13 and 14, we can see their story. I want you to read with me Numbers chapter 13, Verses 1 through 3, and then we're going to read verse 30. Numbers chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, and then verse 30. Then the Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. And then I want you to notice verse 30. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Before Nike ever came up with that slogan of just do it, the Lord says just do it. Step out in faith and be courageous. The truth that I want you to take with you this morning from this passage of Scripture, is God rewards faithful followers with the promises of tomorrow. God rewards you when you courageously step out into the future, and He shows you those promises of tomorrow. And I don't know what it is right out there in front of you as an individual or as a church, but I want to encourage you to be bold enough, courageous enough, And some of the world might say crazy enough to step out and receive what the Lord has for you. As we look at this passage, first of all, I want you to notice that faithful followers courageously step into the future. If we are going to be the kind of believers that make a difference in our community and in our world for Christ, we will be courageous enough to step out in the future and receive what He has for us. As we do that, first of all, notice that they were going to claim the land that the Lord had already given them. Notice in verse 2 of Numbers chapter 13, he says, "...send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites." He had already decided he was giving this promised land to the Israelites. All they needed to do was to reach out and receive it. In the same way, it's much like that as the Lord offers us salvation, you know it's a free gift and we simply need to be willing to receive it. John 3:16 says for God so loved the world that he what? He that he gave his only begotten son. It's a free gift. John chapter 1 verse 12 says to as many as received him to them he gave the power to become the children of God. That's a free gift of salvation and you and I must simply be willing to reach out and receive it. And that's what these children of Israel were here, they needed to reach out and receive this gift that he was willing to give them. Now notice in verse 6 and in verse 8, we see two of our heroes of our story in Numbers chapter 13. First of all, we see Caleb, son of Jethuna, and then in verse 8, we see Hoshea, son of Nun, which we also know as Joshua. These were two of the tw- 12 men that he sent out to explore the land. And then Moses gives them a, a mission. He calls these 12 spies together, and he gives them a reconnaissance mission. He says, I want you to go out and tell me about the land. Notice in verses 18 and 19, he says, I want you to tell me, are the people strong or weak or few or many? Is the land good or bad? Are the towns, are they walled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees? And bring me back some of the fruit. Because the scripture says it was the time for ripe grapes when they come back they come back carrying a cluster of grapes and it took two men to carry those grapes down in verse 23 you like grapes i love grapes can you imagine grapes so big that it took two men to carry those grapes? those were some big grapes if you were to go to first baptist church orlando florida this morning In the front of the church, as you enter from the outside, there's a statue. Because about 40 years ago, that church moved from downtown Orlando out close to Disney World. And it was a big step of faith for them to move. And out in front of their church, there's a statue of two men carrying a cluster of grapes as a testimony to their willingness to step out in faith and do what the Lord had asked them to do. That's what I see here in this passage, is they come back. And they have this uh, glowing report. Moses, they said, it is a land flowing with milk and honey. In verse 27, he says, Moses, we went out into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's its fruit. And they said, Moses, it's unbelievable. But, in verse 28, is a three-letter word that haunts us in our walk with the Lord, unfortunately, and that is the word But. But the people that live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and large, and we even saw the descendants of Enoch there. Enoch was a giant. And what they're saying is, those people are giants, and we're like ants compared to them. They even said, we're like grasshoppers. We could be killed by them. They come back with this glowing, unbelievable report of this great and beautiful land. But then that three-letter word haunts them. But we can't do it. There's no hope. Do you ever see the insurmountable odds in front of you when the Lord lays out a plan for you of something He wants you to do? Sometimes the obstacles seem so big that we can't see the way through it. And that's what happened to these ten spies who came back. They said, there's no way, Moses, we can do this. But there were two men of those spies who said we can do it. Notice verse 30. We read it already. But in verse 30, Brave Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. When the others saw there was no way, when the others said it's impossible, Caleb stands up and says, We can do it. I think that was a moment where everyone got quiet. The scripture even says he silenced the people. It was one of those moments you ever heard the saying, you could hear a pin drop. I think when Caleb stood up, it got deathly quiet in that room. And people looked at him, probably thinking you're crazy, when he said we can do it. But I think what you and I need to see here is the courage that certainly we can stand up in the face of adversity and we can handle the difficulties that are there. Notice what it says in verse 6 of chapter 14, Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jethunah who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, The land we pass through is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, He'll lead us into that land flowing with milk and honey. Do not, do not be afraid. Because the Lord is with us. You and I need to have that kind of faith and that kind of courage that when the Lord puts a vision in front of us, we can step out and just do it. What does Philippians 4.13 say? I can do what? All things through Him who gives me strength. And that ought to be our attitude and that ought to be our approach when we look at the difficulties of life. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, The Little Giants. Anybody ever seen that movie? It's a football movie about kids playing football. And there are two brothers. There's Kevin and Danny O'Shea. Kevin is the macho football playing brother. Danny O'Shea is a nerd who's never played a down of football in his life. And they're coaching their children. And it's called The Little Giants. The Giants are playing the Cowboys. The macho Danny O'Shea is coaching the Cowboys. They're beating the Giants terribly at halftime, but they're sitting together in the locker room, and the scene I love from the movie is when the little Giants are sitting in their locker room. They're getting beat like 35 to nothing, and they're all, some of them are lamenting like we're getting creamed, and all of a sudden, one boy says, One time, my family went deep sea fishing, and I was the only one that didn't get seasick. And another boy speaks up, says, and one time we went to my grandparents' farm and we got in a cow patty tossing contest and I won the contest. And another boy says, one time my family, we went on a bicycle race and I beat everybody down the hill. And before you know it, those little boys are standing up and saying, one time, one time, one time, and they bust through the doors at halftime and they come back and win the game. And what I take from that is there only takes one time. You know the story in the Bible of David and Goliath. How many stones did it take for him to knock down Goliath? One stone. And when, the God, when our God gives you a vision and puts out in front of you a task he wants you to do, you and I need to be bold enough and courageous enough to step out and receive what he has for us. So many times in life as we walk as believers, we see the impossibilities. But you and I need to see the possibilities of what we can do and what we can accomplish when we step out in faith and receive what the Lord has for us. One time, you know, it only took one cross and one empty tomb to ensure that you and I can have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And you and I need to be just as courageous and just as bold and say one time, I can step out in faith and I can do what the Lord has asked me to do and I can accomplish it because He gives me the strength. Faithful followers courageously step into the future. But conversely, on the other hand, there's a negative part of the scripture. The good part is you and I can be bold enough, we can be courageous enough, and we can just do it. But the bad part is God punishes those who doubt His guidance. He He punishes those who don't have the faith to trust Him. Notice in verse 11 of Numbers chapter 14, God's heart is broken. He gets in a conversation with Moses, and he says this, The Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me? in spite of all the signs I have performed among them. The Lord carries on this conversation with Moses and says, How long is it going to take for them to actually have faith in me and trust in me and follow me where I ask them to go? I wonder if the Lord ever has that conversation about me or about you. How long will it be till I can get through Eddie's skull that he can step out in faith and follow me? It disappoints him when you and I fail to follow Him faithfully. And God's judgment is no laughing matter. Look in verse 12 of chapter 14. He says to Moses, He said, I'll strike them down with a plague, and I'll destroy them, but I'll make you into a nation greater and stronger than they. Do you see the inevitable consequences of you and I not falling and following the leadership in which He leads us to go? He says... My judgment is no laughing matter. For many years, I served as your campus minister at UNA, and I loved being the campus minister. It was a lot of fun. Dr. Jack Moore was the dean of the School of Arts and Sciences at UNA, and he was our faculty advisor for the BCM, so I would go and visit him to get him to sign checks for our ministry. And one day, close to graduation, uh, which is coming up in just a few weeks at UNA, we were sitting and talking. And he said, Eddie, you know the most difficult part of my job as the dean of the School of Arts and Sciences is on the day of graduation or the day before graduation when they're practicing to graduate. He said, I have to walk through Flowers Hall and pull out the people from the graduation line who have not made the grade. And maybe their GPA is what need, what it does, is not what it needs to be or they didn't pass that last class. And they're thinking they're going to walk across the stage and receive their diploma And I have to go in and say, sorry, you're not going to make it this time, maybe next semester. And he said, that's a hard part of my job. And that's what I see here in this passage of scripture is where the Lord says to Moses, these guys who have failed to trust in me completely, they will not enter into the promised land. And you and I need to be careful that we don't suffer the consequences of not following God faithfully to follow his vision, to follow his direction. And when he says, Eddie, step out and do it in faith, I need to be courageous enough to do that, and you as well. When the Lord puts the vision out there, you need to have the courage of Joshua and Caleb to say, Lord, if you call me and lead me, I will be willing to follow you completely. Then the scripture calls Joshua and Caleb, it uh, gives them a, a, a good word. Notice in verses 24 and 30 of chapter 14. He said, because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I'll bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. And then in verse 30, not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home except Caleb and Joshua. He says, these two spies had the courage to just do it and they will be able to enter into the promised land. But the ten and their families, you will never enter into the promised land. You and I need to make sure that we're firmly linked up and that we follow the Lord wherever He wants us to go and to have the courage to reach out and just do it when He leads us and moves us. I imagine you've lived in the shoals long enough to be between Sheffield and Tuscumbia to be stopped by the train's. You ever been over there wanting to get somewhere and all of a sudden the train is there? Just a couple years ago we had a prayer event in Lauderdale County for our association. Then we had another one in Colbert County. We had them about an hour apart and I was trying to get from one to the other. And as I'm driving down Montgomery Avenue in Sheffield, all of a sudden I began to hear that sound. And I thought, you're not going to make it. they are going to be slowed down by this train. And you know, as you sit there and watch the train go by... There's several things you can do. One thing I like to do is just pray and, and, and stop and meditate for a few minutes because there's no way I'm going to get through there. So I might as well just sit and be still. But as I was watching that train, the Lord brought a thought to my mind. He said, Eddie, you know those cars, those boxcars are not moving by themselves. They're moving because they're firmly linked up to a locomotive that's at the beginning of that train. And you and I spiritually are the same way. We're like those boxcars, and we cannot go anywhere unless we're linked up completely to Jesus Christ, and that's important for us as a family of God, and it's important for us as individuals to make sure that we are firmly linked up to Him, and that's what I see in this passage of Scripture is the Lord is saying, hey, if I lead you, step out in faith and go, and I'll give you the courage, I'll give you the strength, and I will give you the ability to do what I've asked you to do. But it's extremely important as we walk with him to know that we must be men and women of a different spirit that can stand up and say, I'm going to just do it. It's our time to stand up and say, Lord, you give me the direction, you give me the way, and I'll be courageous enough to just do it. I think this passage teaches us we cannot be eternally blessed or productive without the presence of God leading us and guiding us in our lives. And to be that courageous and that bold to say, Lord, if you show me, you give me the vision, I will step out in faith because I know I can do it as you lead me and as you guide me. I don't know if you've ever read the short story, Maud Muller. It was written by John Greenleaf Whittier about 1856. There's a phrase in that short story that I want to leave you with this morning. But I want you to hear the short story first. The story is written uh, by Whittier about a judge and a fair maiden from the countryside. The judge is dressed up in his, uh, his regal best, a black suit with a bow tie. He's riding on a horseback out into the countryside, but he is a highfalutin man of society. He's a judge. He crosses a creek with his horse, and at the creek he comes face to face with a maiden, a beautiful lady who is a peasant woman who lives in the country. And as they cross the stream, they glance at one another. And Whittier says they just exchange a glance, but then they, own, they go their own separate ways. The judge goes to town He marries a lady from town of society who marries him because of his position. She marries a poor peasant farmer and spends the rest of her life married to the peasant farmer, raising her children, and working on the farm. But for the rest of their lives, the judge and the peasant woman think about that moment at the stream when they exchange that glance. And the phrase in Whittier's short story is this, For all sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest of these are it might have been. I want that never to be said of you as a follower of Christ. Don't let it be said of you as a church. It might have been if they had only followed Him faithfully. I pray that you and I would be the kind of believers that step out in faith and they can never say, It might have been, but they'll say, look what that person did as they stepped out in courage and followed the Lord faithfully. Would you have that kind of faith to say, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you want me to go. I'll just do it because I know you'll give me the strength. Let's pray together. Father, your word is true and your Holy Spirit speaks to us even in times like this, to encourage us and challenge us to follow you faithfully wherever you might lead. Speak to our hearts, Lord Jesus, and give us the...